On this podcast, we discuss medical diagnoses and procedures. All of the guests express their own opinions. You should always seek medical advice from a trained and credentialed professional when making decisions about your own health. Welcome to the Sleep Apnea Stories podcast. I'm Emma Cooksey, and I've been coping with sleep apnea since childhood. I didn't know anyone in my life with a sleep disorder, so I decided to start this podcast. I'm here to build community and provide a platform for people with sleep apnea to tell their stories. Together, we can shatter stereotypes and raise awareness. We'll be exploring all sorts of treatment options and lifestyle choices to help you live your best life with sleep apnea. This is Sleep Apnea Stories, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, it's Emma Cooksey here, and I'm your host. So it's been quite an exciting week for me because I've been putting together a giveaway which is now live on Instagram. If you guys want to go and join the giveaway and enter to win, um, it's Sleep Apnea Stories is my handle there. And some of the things you can win, I think are awesome. Um, There's a hardback copy of Why We Sleep by the book by Matthew Walker, which I really love. Um, I've read multiple times and it just really hits home how important it is to figure out your sleep issues. Um. then, well, the most exciting thing is there's a Sleep Apnea Stories podcast mug in there, and they're extremely limited edition, so you get to uh, make the, I've also included some sleepy nighttime tea, which is my favorite. There is a light blocking mask, like a sleep mask, so you can use it, it's quite good for travel, but like you can use it whenever just to block out all the light. Um, there's a candle. There's also a really adorable mini pillow um, that I came across, which I just think is perfect for, you know, like sleeping in the car or sleeping while you're traveling. So I put that in there. Uh, a, a tote bag from our sponsor, Excite OSA. Um, so that's all the stuff you win. And to enter, you just have to go to Instagram and follow the directions there. So I really am excited for somebody to win all this stuff. So today's guest is Dr. Jenny Talbert. Um, She's a doctor of chiropractic and she practices in Portland, Oregon. But she's originally from southern Missouri. So one of the reasons I loved interviewing Jenny is that she has this philosophy um, that a number of um, healthcare practitioners are um, espousing now, which is called health at every size. So it's removing this whole stigma and shame around body size and weight. Um, so it was just a really interesting conversation. I hope you guys get a lot out of it. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Jenny Talbert. Thank you, Jenny, for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And so tell everybody where you are in the world. So I live in Portland, Oregon, and I'm a chiropractor who also has sleep apnea. And that's kind of how I found your your podcast and your Instagram page. Um, 
yeah so that's kind of where I'm at so let's I know we have a lot to talk about but let's start with your journey with sleep apnea so I think that you'd said that your mom had sleep apnea so did, were you having a lot of symptoms or you just thought you would get tested because your mom had sleep apnea well so kind of both so I for the last couple of years mostly my husband's like you're snoring more and I was like really and I you know I didn't feel any different I was just like you know like not too tired just the normal sort of life and he and uh last uh September I had, I got strep throat and like weird as like an adult getting strep throat again. Cause I had it a lot as a kid. So my tonsils are large as with mm-hmm. most people with sleep apnea probably. Um, and I felt like after I had that strep throat event and it was kind of a bad, I had to do all kinds of things to like get it under control. Um, but after that, my husband's like, you're really snoring more. <laughs> like something is wrong and I was like okay and I was like am I not breathing he's like no it just you're just loud I was like okay so I the for the past few years I've been kind of thinking like oh I should go get tested and blah 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 and I just had just moved three years ago to a new place and all of this and I um I finally back in just February of this year of 2021 I I had gotten a recommendation from from a Facebook group I'm in for a sleep doctor in town um, because I wanted a specific doctor that wouldn't badger me about weight. Um, And so we're going to talk talk all about that. Yes, I've got a lot to say about that. (laughs) And so I found this this clinic and they, and you know, that other people had good experiences with. So I just self-referred because I, I actually um, have a private health share. So it's not traditional insurance. So essentially Mm. I just, I just pay for everything out of pocket and then get reimbursed. So I could choose anywhere I want to go. I get all the cash rates. Like this is kind of another whole like world of paying cash for these things. Right. And so I went in and got tested. I just did a home test, the two nights, little briefcase get to take home. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's the one where you don't have electrodes on your head. You have like a, I think it's a cannula thing up your nose and it's just kind of an abbreviated. Yeah. That's what I had the second time. Yeah. One thing, yeah. One thing that I thought was interesting about that is I was looking at the picture because I'll describe it to you. It's, it's about the, this little box, the size of your iPhone Mm -hmm. and it has a strap that straps around your chest. Yep. And and it's got the cord that comes out and you tape the, the pulse ox meter to, to your finger and then the nasal cannula, like you mentioned. But I was looking at the picture and it was this man in the picture, like wearing the little chest strap right over his chest. And I looked right. at it and I was like, do I put it under Where my, do boob my boobs go? or over? Yes. Do I put them under or over? And so I end up like going to YouTube and finding a video. Yeah. And why are these instructions not for both men and women? They're not. They're not. And I was just, it was annoying. Like my first glimmer of, oh, this is not right. But. And also this is not set up for me. Right. Like the feeling of, um, you know, 
feeling as though you're kind of like the odd one out and you're trying to figure it out for you but it feels like it's set up for much older right right (laughs) like I don't know exactly and I'm 36 so still pretty young yeah um and and so I just remember I think the video was in Spanish as well like I was just like what's wrong with this yeah um anyway so I finally figured it out I got that and I went you know went back to the sleep doctor and got my scores and all and um and definitely had sleep apnea Mm -hmm. have sleep apnea um and and what did the doctor tell you about it yeah, so my um, my AHI was like 28 mm-hmm. or so, but when I was on my back, it was 49. So wow. it like, yeah. it, it's like, it, she was like, well, if you're on your side, you essentially don't have sleep apnea because it was like six. Right. And then when I'm on my back, it was 49. So it averaged out yeah. to 40. Positioning is so important. And nobody <laughs> talks about that at all. I know. Like, and yeah. so it was I feel just, like that it, should be one of the first things your doctor says when they're telling you, you know? Right. So I was glad she mentioned like this is the supine, this is the side. And mm-hmm. and you know, uh, she we chatted about it and I said, you know is this uh, mandibular advancement territory or is this CPAP territory? And she's like, well, she just had found in her practice that obviously like CPAP was generally better for the the severity that I had and for the reasoning she she suspected. Because I asked her like, what do you think is the cause of my sleep apnea? Right. And cause I, I was one, cause I'm a, as a chiropractor, I'm like very like functional minded, like how do mm-hmm. things move? How are things moving? How are, how's everything put together? And I have obviously being a, a physician as well, like I have a lot of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So she was like, well, she was like, first thing is your mom has sleep apnea. And she was saying there's about some studies say up to 50% greater risk mm-hmm. for having a first degree relative with sleep apnea. And also she was like, do you look like your mom from the neck up? And I was like, identical. Like we're the same shape, same structure. Right. And probably similar airway, right? Is what she's saying. Yeah, exactly. And so I I really like that she's mentioned that because she's like, oh, that makes more sense. Right. Than than that piece. And also I have large tonsils. Yeah. And I have a small nose. Right. So she was like, kind of the perfect storm. And I was like, okay. Um, I was really glad. Again, she didn't mention just like, oh, you, you're, you're in a bigger body because I am. Um, and I always have been like, nothing has changed mm-hmm. with that. And I was really, that's why I chose this practice is I just didn't want to have that stigma on top of this health condition that is kind of, yes. it, it's kind of scary. And you know, it, the first thing I I thought was like, well, this is good. It's a chronic health condition. Yes. But there is a treatment that Mm -hmm. works if it works, you know? Um, and, uh, for the people that it works well for, it works really well. I think is what we're trying to say. (laughs) Yes. That's what I was trying to say. Like, you know, and, and so I, um, she also mentioned, you know, the, one of the big reasons I, I got tested is I, I asked my mom if I could tell her story slightly because it, it correlates. 
This podcast is sponsored by Excite OSA. Do you feel tired during the day or has your partner told you that you snore? Or maybe you've already been diagnosed with sleep apnea and perhaps you're frustrated with your CPAP machine. There may be a better way to treat your sleep apnea. Excite OSA might be able to help you and your partner get a better night's sleep. Excite OSA is an FDA-approved therapy for mild obstructive sleep apnea and snoring. Find out how Excite OSA can help you by taking the free sleep assessment at exciteosa.com. That's E-X-C-I-T-E-O-S-A dot com. Start your better sleep journey today with Excite OSA. Um, she was diagnosed with sleep apnea in her early sixties. And the reason they found her sleep apnea is that she had a heart event. It turned out being AFib in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. And, um, when she was in the ER thinking that, oh, you're having a heart attack. They were, they were like, you have very severe sleep apnea and at night only, your blood pressure and your heart rate are going just insane. Mm -hmm. And that alone, that like with the low oxygen and the blood pressure raising and the heart rate, it puts a lot of pressure on Mm -hmm. the pulmonary veins. And, and then like that lack of oxygen in the heart can cause, can, it can make it more risky for AFib. And so she was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that I had this because her blood pressure in the daytime was normal. normal. Right. And so the doctor, luckily the doctor she saw in the ER was like, this is exactly what it is. You need to get a sleep test. They like did it like literally two days later because it was a very severe type of thing. Yeah. And, and they were, and they were like, this is why you have AFib, like, this is it. And she was like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have known sooner. So that was. And so in retrospect, did your mom, did that explain a lot of other symptoms or she didn't really have a lot of other symptoms or was she She sleepy during the day and all that kind of stuff? Um, she had some, but, uh, you know, she kind of one of those gals that just pushed through a lot of times. So maybe she was tired, but that was the big thing, but energy level for sure. Just feeling a little more energetic and not snoring at night. Cause she also snores, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. your partner notices a lot and, and just feeling, you know, more rested. And I remember talking to her, she's like, Oh, I just, I look forward to sleeping now. Cause I have my CPAP and I just know that it's yeah. time for bed. And and, and I was like, that's great, mom, I'm glad. I'm so um, glad they figured it out for her. Yeah. yeah. And I, I looked at the statistics on AFib and it's like 50 to 80% of people that have sleep apnea also have AFib or maybe it's the other way around, you know, like, like five times more likely to yeah. have AFib. And I was like, well, maybe I can prevent it. That would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so you, so we got to that you were diagnosed and then you're, so you were asking about a mandibular advancement device and your sleep specialist said, go with a CPAP or 
she just said, yes, yeah, she said, I asked her specifically, like, what is the, you know, clinical efficacy? And she was like, she said her words were the clinical efficacy is less predictable with the oral appliance. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that makes sense. You know, there's a little more nuances. And she mentioned about there's some, you can have potential issues with your jaw mm-hmm. because it it's going, you know, it needs to be fitted properly and all the things yeah. we kind of yeah. know. And I was like, well, you know what? I just, let me just try the CPAP first. And if I can't do it, or if there's an issue, or if I want to go that way, um, I always have that option. Yeah. Um, so I did, I ended up ordering my CPAP online because it was a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course I ordered the CPAP that is now um recalled recalled <laughs> so you got one of the phillips machines that yes, got recalled like, like so for people ago. listening who haven't it's always just good to recap so you had the i'm gonna get the thing wrong the dream it, the dream station dream station yes dream station so yeah. for people listening if you have a phillips dream station 2 that is not in the recall and you're fine but if you have a Philips Dream Station, which is the original Dream Station and not the two, then you're going to want to go to the Philips website and figure out if your machine is recalled. Right. And so our, I mean, and, and essentially Philips says, just contact your doctor right. and they can figure it out. So our, my sleep, the clinic that I go to, the sleep doctors sent a message out saying it's still rare enough that there's going to be a problem that please do not stop using your CPAP. I'm so Um, glad they told you that because the, I mean, I've, I've been ranting all over the place about it, but (laughs) I, I just feel as though to tell people with sleep apnea and to stop using their CPAP is really, I mean, this is just my opinion. I don't want them to see me, but like, to me, that's, really dangerous because there's people um who are depending on a CPAP to keep their airway open at night and if you just tell them to stop using it and you don't give them an alternative then right I I just that boggled my mind and so a lot of people are not being given a lot of people are contacting their sleep specialist and the sleep specialist is saying contact Phillips. We don't really know anything more. And Phillips are saying, contact your sleep specialist. We don't, you know, so there's so many frustrated people out there that are just going round and round. And I feel so terrible for them. Yeah. So I'm, I was glad we got a very specific email saying yeah. one, stop using any of the ozone cleaner machines. Cause that's a, that puts it at more risk. Yes. And two, use the machine. There's a really low risk, you know, especially if your machine is new, it's not going to be breaking down anytime soon, probably, hopefully. I mean, hopefully. (laughs) And I, I know I, I took that advice and I took the fact that, you know, this machine is five months old was, and I was like, you know what, I'm, I feel okay. I will Mm -hmm. take the risk because I am sleeping so much better and I don't want to not use it. Right. I am. I am absolutely one of those people, like if I, I'm kind of, I, if someone like tells me that this is going to help me in all these ways and it's not too annoying, I'll, I just do it. Right. I have, I have not, I've slept with it every single night since I got it. That's awesome. 
and I and do tell me how you're feeling since starting sleep yeah. therapy versus before yeah so I I was when I got diagnosed, I was thinking, what are, what symptoms do I have? You know, I, I was aware of what the sleep apnea symptoms were. One is I have a very physical job and I'm talking all day and I'm, and I'm, you know, on my feet. And so I didn't ever feel too tired or sleepy during the day. I've never fallen asleep at, um, behind the wheel. Thank goodness. I know that's your story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I did notice, you know, that like three, four o'clock, you start to yawn a little bit and I wear a mask all day at work. Mm-hmm. And I, I can kind of, hide, you could hide that behind a mask, <laughs> which is really funny because, but I, I'll, about a month or two after using it, I go, Hey, I'm not yawning in the middle of the afternoon anymore. Mm-hmm. And the second thing was I'm not getting up in the middle of the night to pee. I, yeah, that was one, that was one of the things the sleep doctor mentioned. She's like, do you get up? And I was like, yeah, like, like once a night, she's like, you're 36 and you don't have children that's not normal. And I go, oh, <laughs> so that stopped. This podcast is sponsored by Mute. Regardless of whether you have sleep apnea, use a CPAP machine, or just deal with allergies and congestion, You deserve a good night's sleep. Mute is here to help make that happen. A nasal dilator made from ultra-soft medical-grade polymers, Mute gently holds your nasal airways open, which increases airflow by an average of 38%. And that 38% improvement means more breathing, less snoring, and better sleep. For you and your partner, or kids, or dog, The quality sleep your body wants and needs is well within reach. Breathe more, snore less, sleep better with Mute's comfortable and customizable fit. Um, I... I tended to get headaches and I, you know, I kind of just attributed them to, oh, this or that. I need, need an adjustment. I need some water, you know, hormones. But I think since I've started using the CPAP therapy in March, I've had like three headaches. Wow. So a big difference. A big difference. And I didn't think about that being related, but it makes sense. Of course, I never had them in the morning, maybe once, twice. So you kind of think like, well, that's not the clip typical sleep apnea and I think with with all of the symptoms of sleep apnea there's so especially for women there's so many like other things where where you're like well no wonder I'm tired because of all the things I'm doing and no wonder I have headaches I'm a bit dehydrated or there's just always ways that you can explain it away you know which I think is one of the reasons it's so difficult to get a diagnosis Exactly. And, and I was noticing occasionally I'd have some word finding issues when mm-hmm. I was working words that I knew medical words, things I'm trying to explain to patients. And all of a sudden I go, what, um, yeah. you know, what was that? Okay. Let me think of a different word, you know, and that really has gotten a lot better as well, which is yeah, cool. That Obviously is. not snoring anymore. Yay. My husband's very happy with that. <laughs> 
and I, my throat doesn't hurt in the morning. I don't have nasal snuff stuffiness. I don't have to blow my nose 50 times in the morning or sneeze, which I was doing again. I was like, oh, it's just allergies, blah, right. blah, blah. I was like, so no, tell me I- about, so you, you still have your tonsils, right? I still have my tonsils. And okay. I talked- and you're hanging on to them. <laughs> I'm going to hang on to that. Um, I- so tell me about mouth breathing and nose breathing. Were you doing yeah. mouth breathing? Are you still doing mouth breathing? What's happening with that? So I, 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 I have a CPAP, like the dream wear nose only, mm-hmm. like the, like the little pillow that goes across. I tried yeah. the ones that go in the nostrils and I hated it. It did okay. not work. It always, it only hurt one side of my nostril. Right. And so I, I use that. So I, before I was definitely breathing at night through my mouth and nose probably. Mm-hmm. Cause I would wake up and like my tongue is like stuck to my t- roof of my mouth and you know it's like well at least it's not stuck to the bottom of your mouth like I mean roof of your mouth is the right place it is it is in the right place but it was just (laughs) definitely not comfortable waking up in the morning being Mm -hmm. so dry Mm -hmm. so I am I'm sleeping 100% at night breathing through my nose all night which is so nice that's good and but the hard thing I typically am a nose breather which is really lucky and not yeah. you know, I'm very thankful for that but I'll tell you wearing a mask all day and talking I breathe through my mouth so much mm-hmm. during the day I know I'm a big talker too so even yes. even with um you know all the different stuff I've done for the most part like I mean I'm breathing I know that I'm breathing through my nose at night but Mm -hmm. because I'm like mouth taping or whatever but like there there's times where I'm like I've literally just been talking for two hours like (laughs) so you know so it makes up a lot of the day actually I talk for almost seven to ten hours a day probably like just continually and so and with the mask it's very difficult to breathe through your nose properly because it it creates more heat and I'm very obviously that's totally fine I'm 100% fine with wearing a mask at work because it's safer but I it it does make a difference on your jaw on your you know because that just the pressure from the the mask on your on your face on your jaw can get tired Mm -hmm. so you have to find the right one that works for you but so here's here do you want to do you want to get on to Yes. chit chat on weight and sleep yeah so a while ago so I'm probably like most people right so I've seen since I was diagnosed like 14 years ago I've probably seen maybe like three or four different sleep specialists and well one of them a bunch of times and they all um talk a lot about weight loss and how even small amounts of weight loss can really improve um, your sleep apnea and you should really, you know, lose weight and that'd be great. So they've said that to me, whether I've been like two pounds over, you know, over the, when I say overweight, I mean, over yeah. the, the BMI, what, yeah. what they're, you know, using to track that. So whether I'm, uh, you know, two pounds over that or 25 pounds over that, um, they emphasize weight loss all the time and they talk about it every single time I go well I just saw a CT scan of my airway and I've had really bad symptoms with sleep apnea whether I've been 
under my my BMI weight, whether I'm over it, like it to me personally, it I feel like it doesn't make a difference. So I was really interested when I saw, I think, I think um I shared it with you. Vic Veer is like an ENT in the UK. Yes. And he did a really interesting, he has a wonderful YouTube channel where he shares all sorts of information about sleep apnea. And he did, uh, I'll probably link to it in the show notes for people, but he did a little study, I think it was of his own patients, mm-hmm. where he plotted on a graph their weights and their AHIs. So he was looking at like, did the most severe cases mean that they were most overweight? And was there a correlation kind of thing? And it really didn't show, like he is saying like, you know, for some people it can help to lose weight. But he also was saying like, there's all sorts of people with sleep apnea for all sorts of other reasons. And it's not as simple as just saying everybody needs to lose weight. So we've had people on the show, like Gary Knight was on the show who had gained a lot of weight. And when he lost weight, his AHI improved a lot and all that, but that is not the case for every person. So Mm -hmm. did you want to just talk on this weight thing a little bit? I do very much. Well, the first thing um, is that I, in in my practice and in my own world of healthcare, I, I practice what's called the paradigm called health at every size. Mm -hmm. And essentially this is just a way to describe a way of taking care of patients that takes the focus off weight and supports people no matter what their size is and finding a really compassionate way to take care of yourself. And and in that sense, kind of advancing the social justice side of this and improve mm-hmm. to, to improve health outcomes. Yeah. So I'll describe that in just a second. But the, the issue I have, the main issue I have with the weight loss recommendation is that 95% to 98%, the studies are both, of intentional weight loss efforts fail. And when I mean fail, that means that if you have an intentional weight loss, 95% of the time you will not be able to maintain that past five years, or you will gain all the weight that you lost and then some. So if if a doctor that is practicing evidence-based medicine gives you a recommendation that has a 95% fail rate, how is that going to help, right? So we have to really think like, why is that recommendation there? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you listen to the podcast, you know how many of the guests have dealt with mental health challenges along with sleep apnea. I have struggled with anxiety and depression for years and have found therapy so helpful in my journey. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. 
The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. Visit betterhelp.com slash Emma. That's betterhelp.com slash Emma and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. There's a special offer for Sleep Apnea Stories listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Emma. And people are like, well, of course, sleep apnea is correlated which means there's, there's associations with being in a larger body. And um, when we look at those studies, we really have to see that those correlations are really not looking at the whole picture. We, it rarely considers the fitness of the person, their activity, their history of dieting, their stress, their nutrient intake, have they weight cycled in the past, you know, going up, down, up, down, and their socioeconomic status. Mm-hmm. All of that makes such a bigger difference on our health than a number on the scale. So if we, if we really want to take care of our patients and we want to take care of ourselves, focusing on just the, you know, the overall health and well-being, independent weight neutral, independent of weight and body size is going to be better. There's lots of studies and I can send you some links to some of these these studies that show that when we employ these health at every size um, uh, ideas or, you know, really just suggestions to people that their health improves right? It, 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 without being so judgmental and, and all of the other pieces that go with it. And, and the biggest thing is that there's so much stigma of, and shame associated with our bodies. Mm-hmm. Yet we, we, the, the literature of, of a why that's there is, is really rooted in racist racism. It's rooted in white supremacy. It's rooted mm-hmm. in you know, like just generally trying to rank bodies, right? Mm-hmm. The hierarchy of bodies is, is like one of the biggest things that, uh, that was happening. Um, and through racism is just these bodies are good and these bodies are bad. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing with, with weight. And, and there's, you know, people will argue, argue this forever. Like, well, well, being fat is a problem and obesity is a problem and all these things. And it's like, well, what about the fact that like the socioeconomic status, the, the, the food insecurity, the mm-hmm. being, being just a different color, being um, all of these other health things that we kind of don't think about, they call them the social right. determinants of health. Yeah. 
all of those social determinants of health make up about 70, 75% of health outcomes. Where which, which honestly, um, so it's really interesting I'm interviewing you now because I just interviewed um, Dr. Dana Johnson, who's going to be on the show. Um, so Dr. Johnson's work is all to do with um, how uh, race plays into um, sleep disorders and particularly sleep apnea. And a lot of the things she's talking about are, I mean, things that I hadn't thought about before, like pollution in urban um environments where it's also a um food desert desert, basically um so there are lots of factors which are playing into that right and and so I agree with you like there there's just a lot more to look at other than just saying you need to lose weight when when you need to like really give people the tools that they need to to you know have a healthy lifestyle basically right and denying someone the care that they deserve based off of their body size mm-hmm. saying like in the video uh, like he was saying some doctors say you need to lose weight before you can get a CPAP like that is malpractice no yeah. question yeah because you're denying the evidence based care that this patient needs and and making it so they they don't have access to it and like you said in the video even some people do lose weight probably when they start a CPAP because there's less oxidative stress on their body Mm -hmm. they're sleeping better and great that's just your body balancing things out but it's like it's it's really disappointing when patients or people come to a doctor expecting to be treated like a human and they're Mm -hmm. treated just like a piece of meat that they can control all these things. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had, I've had patients come to me saying that they went to their doctor with a sprained ankle and they were like, you need to lose weight. That's why you have, and like your ankle is sprained or they had strep throat and couldn't get antibiotics. Like there's so much fat biases and stigma Mm -hmm. that it's one of the biggest problems is that it makes larger bodied people afraid to go to doctors. Mm -hmm. So they wait longer. And they have worse health coming into the situation because they're the, of the fear of the stigma. Yeah. That happens a lot in the in the um, people of color as well. Mm-hmm. You, you know, either it's access to care or it's the fear of getting shamed and guilt. That yeah. is enough to hurt, like to make someone not want to seek out the care mm-hmm. they need. Which is why when I chose to go find a sleep doctor, I went to one of my groups in Portland that they're Hayes providers. I was like, where did you guys go? Yeah. That they weren't going to give you a hard time. And this is, here we are. Mm -hmm. So I think there's also the, the thing of so many guests I've had on the podcast, we've been talking about this thing of which comes first the chicken or the egg so which comes first the treatment for the sleep apnea and then your body getting itself you know you know it's like the whole thing of you're exhausted so oftentimes you're craving sugary food like in the afternoon to keep yourself awake and so then it's like once you treat the sleep apnea that part either goes away or or at least is reduced you know like even with me like I still have residual daytime sleepiness and I still I'm not really like you but like where I'm like oh the CPAP really was awesome and all that but I still do it because I know that it's the best thing for my health to keep 
the air flowing to my brain and all the stuff. But even with my residual daytime sleepiness, it's not nearly as bad as before I had the CPAP. Like Mm -hmm. I just used to eat really honestly to like, it was the feeling of like trying to stay awake. Yeah. (laughs) And like, if you, you know, boost your, your brain with some sugar, it helps you just to kind of cope that particular day. And so I think that, you know, like it's more to me, it's rather than the doctor saying, you need to go away and lose weight or, you know, like here's a CPAP, but also lose weight. Well, I think it's more the other way around, like sleep apnea and, and, and probably, you know, like your health will balance out, you know, you'll, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's exactly right. Like everyone deserves to be treated for the health conditions they have that, that have like, that, like this, that has, has treatments options everyone should be given that option. And, and yeah, I'm sure for some people, their bodies might change afterwards, but I mean, if they don't, it's okay too. If they don't totally. Okay. I've always lived in a bigger body. Like that is just like my genetics and I look identical to my mom. Like it's, it doesn't make, and I've went through a very hard time in my life where I tried to change that. And I ended up with an eating disorder, Mm. you know? So which is very common really common yeah really even if you don't call it eating disorder very disordered eating you just so much of your time is wasted on trying Mm. to change your body when it's like you know what that time could have been used to in make have a new business invent something like use your brain away like let's like not have I don't know if you listen to it but um Glennon Doyle just did uh an episode of her podcast which is all about how she spent so much of her life just focused on if I eat that how much will I work out and like all of that and how she's trying to change that mindset and I think it's so ingrained in our culture that especially Mm -hmm. for women where you know that's a very common that's a very common way to live your life and what a waste of the opportunity cost of all the hours that people are obsessing about what how you know what's in that food that I'm eating and like how how much do I then need to do this elliptical just to you know like whereas I don't know I mean I I'm not trying to say that I have it all figured out at all but I think that for me it made a big difference switching to just focusing on how exercise would make me feel that day yes right that that was a huge breakthrough for me and I think for a lot of people with sleep apnea who are also struggling with anxiety and depression at the same time like that's a pretty common um thing to have going on and I think for me I made a bit of a breakthrough I mean my body looks exactly the same um but like mentally I made a breakthrough where I said it's not really about like I ate this much so I have to work out this much it was Uh starting to say to myself I feel so much better for the rest of the day if I do my walk first thing in the morning outside among nature and trees then like you know going to the gym and typing in like this is how long I have to do and you know all of that so I mean I I definitely feel happier doing it that way you know 
And I agree, you know, we all have uh, be health behaviors that we do that make us feel better. Mm-hmm. I think just taking the focus off changing our body in a way is just, it's going to be mentally, physically, emotionally, just easier, right? It's, it's, it just is going to be less stressful in the blame, guilt, shame cycle that we get into. And because that, I mean, that is just adding that on top of the anxiety of impression and, and, and other stigma that people are living with. Like, do we need to add, do we need to add that other stressor? Like, really? So I think all of those, you know, those behaviors that we do, and it's, I mean, I shouldn't say behaviors, the, um, the thoughts that we have about trying to change something in our body, it just, it sets us up for this physical and emotional difficulty of just distracting us from what really matters. Mm-hmm. You know, what really matters to you right now? Is it taking care of your kids? Is it your job? Is it, you know, writing a book or just having fun or just sitting on the couch? You can totally do that. It's fine because we all need to rest. <laughs> we're, we're just giving everybody permission today. Like just sit on the couch it's okay well I think also there's that whole thing like a lot of people who um have sleep apnea you or any sleep disorder you have the thing of sleepiness is not laziness right so so I think a lot of us were raised in households where it's very like productivity is self-worth and Mm -hmm. what have you achieved today and you know like how much have you done and things so I think for me like just rest it it's okay to rest okay your body needs to rest but it's taken me years I know and it's so embedded into us as Mm -hmm. just that work is equal to our worth and our you know our, our our person our you know just general who you are you know and it's it's really just it's not really fair because we all have so much more to offer and we all have interests and things that, um, that we can share with the world. And if we're just wasting our time thinking and living in that cycle, it's just so sad. <laughs> I just so sad, sad. <laughs> I do. because I wasted like seven years of my life trying to change my body. And I literally was doing nothing else besides working and like freaking exercising and count and figuring out what I was going to eat the next meal, you know, just, I was like, what a boring, I think one of, it's so boring. Right. Um, Like my body is like the least, the least impressive thing about me. Like I've got a lot more interesting things going on. Right. (laughs) Right. I I didn't think that for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think like that, it's so it's so funny it's like um just seeing my kids uh being raised in a house like I'm not saying in any way that we're perfect because we're totally not uh but I just at least my generation we know that focusing on how their body looks or any of that can have a lot of negative consequences so most parents of my age like don't really do that and it is kind of amazing like my girls are like eight and 13 Uh and we have just never really focused on like you know what their bodies look like like we just kind of focus on like that we're strong and 
you yeah. know like it's it's not healthy to eat 17 bags of skittles right so <laughs> you know what i mean but we're not like there's no co- connection in our house between like you don't want right. your body to look this way or something so i think that that's like hopefully over time yeah we can change some of the stigma and people's and viewpoints know- about it you know, I know it's getting better. It is, there is, but I'm telling you, but in healthcare, it is not getting better fast enough. Right. Because I, I mean, I'll tell a quick story. I, I don't get weighed at doctor's offices. It's a trigger for my eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And, um, but you know, at this doctor's office, they were totally fine. No. Okay. Patient denies or uh, refuses. That's an option. And Mm -hmm. people don't know that's an option. Um, but it is 100%. And I had, I went to a new primary care doctor and the medical assistant, I said, no, I, you know, she's like, oh, we'll get your height and weight. And I said, no, I don't, I'm happy to get my height. I just don't do my weight um, unless it's absolutely medically necessary for anesthesia or a particular medication. That's right. the only, that is the only time that weight is medically necessary mm-hmm. and she was like well you know we'll just get it once and I was like no no thank you I don't and she, I, I said no five times and I was just like you know what it is my medical right not to give you this information mm-hmm. and she was just kind of like huh, just like huffed away and just said oh just go sit over there and I was like mm-hmm. what is wrong and so I told I, I told the doctor and I'm a doctor too like I yeah you know, like I know what the, my rights are, you know, and I'm, and I can stand up for myself. I know how to do that now. And I feel very happy and have that privilege to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And I told, I told the doctor what happened and she was like, Oh, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And, um, she's like, we won't do, you know, it won't happen again. And, and then I, I got, and then I got this survey like two days later from like, how was your first visit? And I was like, okay let's go not great (laughs) and I was like and I told her I was triggered I was bullied I said no five times that I I did not give her my consent and Mm -hmm. and I got a personal phone call back from the quality quality control being like we're really sorry we're gonna do better education and I was like great I'm glad but seriously yeah (laughs) but I have to go all that yeah that wasn't great you know so it's those little what things. is your what's your take on I've been reading recently um a bunch about BMI mm-hmm. and like the body mass index and kind of where that came from and how yeah. it's not really that's not an yeah. ideal way to gauge whether somebody's a healthy weight or exactly perfect I just that that's exactly right so the BMI just really quick history it's a late 1800 statistical population statistic mm-hmm. developed by an astronomer from right Belgium. <laughs> um based off of population data I believe it was from like Ireland Scotland Wales like your people <laughs> my people yeah. <laughs> yeah but like no black people no other people of color and it was just like and he literally just like just like huh look at this height versus weight we can like get a bell curve of of data on people and it just really morphed into there's a lot of history on like how it morphed into what it is today and i'll actually if i can plug another podcast sure delighted Um, uh, maintenance phase is a podcast they just did an episode on bmi like this week oh great and i'll, I'll goes, definitely link to it 
yeah, she goes through the whole history of that and how it's really rooted in racism as well because people of color and like Polynesian people and lots of people just naturally might be in a bigger body. And it's not fair to use the same scale for both men, women and children and all of the people across the world. And then like have these arbitrary categories of what does it mean to be, you know, I, I don't like to use the words obese and obese. It's just like, it's just, I just use bigger body or fat. It's just right. easier. Yeah. And, um, but you know, it's just not really fair. And I, that's why, that's why I keep saying, no, I don't want to do it. Cause I'm not gonna, I don't, don't want to weigh myself. That it's not necessary. I'll talk to the anesthesiologist if I have to have surgery. Great. Yeah. <laughs> but that yeah. podcast is really great. Yeah, and the I'll, other, I'll link to it. That's interesting. Yeah, there's another whole book on that. Dr. Sabrina String, Strings, String. She wrote a book called Fearing the Black Body. And it's about, it's about body size and racism. And, and it's really good as, as well as if you want to learn about health at every size more, that would be a book called Body Respect by Dr. Uh, Linda Bacon. And those are all great resources. And I could probably give you a list of 10 more, but um, yeah. that's a place to start. But Well, I'll probably put a link to some of this in the show notes and then you can sure. share a much bigger list with me because I'm a total nerd and I'll just totally. read everything. <laughs> and it's just so freeing, you know, it's yes. just so freeing to be like, you know what, I can just do the things I need to do to take care of my body in my way. Right. And I will get help from the people that I need it and know that I'm getting like very, very compassionate care. Like mm -hmm. that's when people come into my office, like that's what I hope that's what they're getting. Yeah. Um, and, and just, it, it just takes so much of the pressure off and all the yeah. stress of getting healthcare, especially in this country. <laughs> I, I think that, um, so one of the things for me was all these years, like all of my twenties, when I had undiagnosed sleep apnea I put a lot of pressure on myself like yeah. that there was something wrong with me and why did I feel this way all the time and why was I depressed and anxious and and I really didn't have um you know any clue until I got diagnosed and then even after I got diagnosed because there was so much emphasis put on um you need to lose weight and that'll help your sleep apnea and use the CPAP well once I saw like so recently I started the Vivos like uh palate expansion thing yep. and to do that they did a CT scan of my airway which is so narrow <laughs> and it just kind of made me go no like structurally structurally my airway has developed like to be unbelievably narrow and I can't breathe worth a dickens at night right You're like, like and so how much weight I have like you know is not gonna suddenly make that bigger I mean I no. know there's the whole thing of like you know they do talk about men with bigger necks and that putting pressure on their airway yeah. and that kind of thing which I'm not saying that's not a thing like that is <laughs> but yeah. it's not the be all and end all it's not the only thing that's causing this like there's right. anatomy and the structure right. of your airway and yeah I it just so I think when I saw that actually in color in front of me it it gave me a lot of relief because I yeah. felt like this is not up to me to to put lots of effort into you know losing weight all the time like 
I have like a really narrow airway and we need to get to the root of why that is and try and treat that, you know? Exactly. And it's just, you know, we're all born with these challenges kind of written into our genetic code. That's just like, they're there. You have a small yeah. airway. It, this just happens to be your challenge, right? Like that's, if we kind of look at health in that aspect saying like, you know what you can do, you know, all these things and still have a narrow airway and still need to be treated for that. And mm -hmm. it's, and again, it, like you said, it just takes the pressure off, right? It's so nice. And, <laughs> and I was glad going into my uh, sleep apnea treatment. Like I already knew all of this, uh, mm -hmm. this stuff and just going and being like, you know what, this is going to help me maybe not get AFib, maybe not, you know, maybe yeah. reduce reduce my likelihood of all of the things that we know sleep apnea increases yeah. the probability of so it's it's just and, it's just and have your husband back. get a good night's sleep with, I, know, he is really happy. <laughs> I mean there is that he is happy about that for sure that's for sure. did you want to talk a little bit about your patients and your chiropractic oh yeah I, I can talk really quickly yeah about yeah. that so I, I think one of the things that's been nice having this this diagnosis is being able to ask my patients questions about their their bodies and i have of course as a chiropractor we see lots of people with with headaches and so now i feel like even though we learned about sleep apnea in school it's now i have this other question of like i just get a headache every morning mm. you know and i go well let me talk to you about your sleep let me ask you a couple of questions yeah you know, about do, you know, do you wake up with these things? Do you snore, blah, blah, have you had a sleep test? And I've, I've convinced like, I don't know, 10 people in the past five months to go get a sleep test. It was like, Hey, go talk to your doctor about amazing. this. And, you know, and, and they're mostly women because they're all the one. And when I tell them, I'm like, Hey, I have sleep apnea. Cause they think that it's men and it's not to do with them. Yep. And so I yeah. share my story all the time, like, because patients, one, they, um, I want them to be able to trust me. And two, I'm a human. I have all these things right. and I have, you know, so of course, if someone's waking up with headaches, I'm going to ask them what their pillow, their mattress, what position they sleep in. Um, and also going to feel their neck and their head and see what's, mm -hmm. what's going on. But I also treat a lot of folks that have issues with their jaw. I do a lot of cranial sacral work and mm -hmm just like general cranial evaluations from a musculoskeletal component uh, point of view. So I, I have another avenue to be like reminding people and I, and I touch people's roof of their mouth, like their palate all the time. Cause it has, it's related with jaw pain. Yeah. And when I feel that really high ridge, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like you need, your palate is so narrow. You need that. Yeah. You have evaluated do you snore do you have sleeping problems so it's it's nice to just have a, a really clear more information because again when we're going through chiropractic school or medical school there's so much to learn mm -hmm. you know so much anything and so whenever you have something of course I'm going to be more advocate about it but also just you know helping have another avenue for people yeah uh, suffering and yeah. and the nice thing about when people come into my practice is they're 
I never relate back pain to weight as well. That's another big category because then people have back problems too. Like 85% of the population has trouble. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I can just, again, taking that focus off of people's life, it really makes a difference because they don't, they yeah. feel less, they, you know, people, my goal is to, is to, advocate for, for my patients, but also just make them feel really comfortable in, in going to a, to a new provider or doctor or chiropractor. Cause you know, people have bad experiences all the time, no matter yeah. what type of healthcare you're receiving. Yeah. And I think, I think my patients and they've told me this, they just feel, you know, they know that about me. I'm not, they're not mm -hmm. going to get blamed for not doing something. And, and that helps them come back, get treated at the right time see and, you know? and that's that's the thing though because I feel as though um there might be people listening kind of being like is it really that big of a deal but mm -hmm. yes because for some people they're mm -hmm. so shamed that they yeah. just decide they're not going to the doctor anymore yeah that yeah. happens so often and some of the stories that I've heard of what healthcare professionals have said to people would make your hair curl it's, it's like Terrible. really horrifying of course there's wonderful doctors out there like I'm not saying everybody but yeah. like it's definitely a problem and I also it's the other thing I'm really thinking of hearing you talk is because of course my whole goal is to like eradicate and um, <laughs> like have there be absolutely no undiagnosed with apnea in the whole world because like large goals um but but one of the things is like I keep thinking on like how can we reach primary care physicians and GPs but I'm also thinking like how can we reach chiropractors and yes. dentists and yes everybody who anyone who's seeing massage people therapist. right massage therapists like yeah. just to ask a couple of questions and be like huh have you thought about talking to your doctor about a sleep study because it would change the world Thanks so much for listening. I love hearing from you. If you'd like to be featured in an upcoming episode, please email me at sleepapneastories at gmail.com. That's also the place to get in touch if you just want to say hi or ask a question. Alternatively, you can always reach me on Instagram. My handle there is at sleepapneastories. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. This really helps a wider audience to find the episodes and I really appreciate it.